All right, so we have now watched our second video, The Scope and Purpose of Theology. Um, let's go through this. So despite many comprehensive systems of thought by many learned scholars, the scope and purpose of our study of theology is to be instructed by God and to grow in our obedience to him. Just kind of an overview of what he discussed. Um, put a couple of outlines here. So external lenses. He gave a negative example, uh, bringing the light of the reformed uh, Reformation to Scripture. Um, you may have may remember what he said about that. That was an introduction to one of the study Bibles he did that he didn't write, but later discovered someone had put in there to promote the, the Bible. We do not want to bring an external system to the Bible and interpret it through that lens. Our goal is to interpret Scripture through Scripture. The science of theology, <clears throat> which is interesting when he talked about how theology is traditionally a science. Science means knowledge, and theology attempts to gain consistent knowledge of God. Anomalies are exceptions to paradigms, so too many anomalies require a new model to be constructed, or in other words, a paradigm shift. Paradigm shifts in theology are almost always driven by philosophical or societal changes instead of new information. And he mentioned uh, why, why that is, because we don't have new scripture being revealed to us. Um, there may be some minor nuances in language, but uh, we don't normally see new information. Then he talked about the three spheres of theology. Um, talked about biblical theology, which studies the Bible on a topical level. And atomism uh, has often corrupted that, claiming writers of Scripture had different understandings. He also talked about historical theology, uh, which studies the history of theological development. It is a great tool in refuting, quote-unquote, new doctrines, which have already been dealt with, uh, often many times in the past. And then finally, systematic theology, which we're going through, uh, which occurs when teachers show how to interpret the whole of Scripture and it relies on both biblical and historical theology to do so. Uh, the purpose of theology, well, he mentioned uh, everyone is a theologian. <laughs> he gave an example of as soon as you open your mouth to discuss anything about the Bible, you're a theologian. Um, even those who deny it are. Uh, theology is important for doctrine, reproof, and instruction. Um, I guess I grouped reproof with uh, correction there. Um, and that comes from uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. Okay, so questions. Um, what new information is being introduced into the study of theology? Uh, and he answered that, uh, saying about the only thing he could think of was a better understanding of the biblical languages. Um, the word science comes from the Latin word meaning what? Uh, he, he tells us it means knowledge, uh, which is... Indeed, why theology uh, belongs in the category of science. We are studying or try, seeking to increase our knowledge of God. Uh, what are the spheres of theology? I went over that, systematic, historical, and biblical. What is the principal source for the study of systematic theology? Um, and that, of course, is the Bible. <laughs> What system of biblical interpretation has been devastating to the faith in recent years? And he explained what atomism is and, and why that is. 
Okay, so now we'll get into our discussion. Um, so what is wrong with the phrase, bringing the light of the Reformation to Scripture? Anybody have thoughts on that? It's implying it's a, a, a new system of theology, I think is what he was trying to say. Right? Yeah, it's implying that you're, you're bringing something external, right, to, yeah. to look at the Bible and... Um, through through a, a, a lens, if you will, uh, that doesn't come from the Bible itself, right? Uh, you have an understanding of how things are supposed to work. Now I'm going to take my understanding and I'm going to study the Bible with it rather than gaining my understanding of how things work from the Bible itself. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that's um, a good example of, uh, <laughs> of why we, we don't want to do that. We want to... Uh, gain our understanding from Scripture. Okay, what are examples of paradigm shifts in theology? Can you think of any? Good or bad? I mean, it could be a paradigm shift that you agree with or a paradigm shift you disagree with. <laughs> you know? well, it's an example of uh, today's example. Of, remember on the 2000, in the 90s, I think, it came out that book from Rick Warren. Um, oh, the purpose-driven life. Oh, purpose-driven life, yeah. There was um, something that, um, you know, was totally against, was external, that he brought it, that uh, mm -hmm. had nothing to do with, uh, uh, with the Bible and what the scriptures were teaching. So, but he brought it out like a philosophy, like it's for that society in that time with um, different ideas that doesn't have nothing to do with the scriptures. And he sold millions and millions and millions of copies of that book. And then I remember those those years that everybody was, not us, but everybody talking about that mm -hmm. book. You know, the churches, maybe some of the examples. Yeah, I never read it, but yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's on our bookshelf. I think we we started to read it. I don't think we made it all the way through. Yeah, I would say dispensational premillennialism, which is only a couple hundred years old. Um, I mean, not into not to get into a bait of eschatology, but the fact that we went 1800 years without that idea of that's how you interpret new testament prophecy and then suddenly oh wow he's opened our eyes and now we see how it's supposed to be interpreted after 1800 years um, that's a paradigm shift a lot of churches now you know ascribe to that that view of eschatology okay any any other thoughts Yeah, I mean, well, the creeds, of course, as we know, are, are trying to uh, summarize what we believe Scripture teaches, right? So um, it it depends on whether, I guess, in that summary contains something that, you know, many Christians didn't understand, I, I would say. Um, 
it wasn't necessarily presenting something new if you're just summarizing what we already believe. Um, and unless you're claiming one of these things is different than we've believed before, that would be more of a paradigm shift. Okay, um, how do the three uh, spheres of theology interact? You talk about historical, biblical, and systematic. How do those kind of intertwine or interact with each other? After hearing him explain it, I thought of the old expression, you can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. Where there, there can be a, a, a different approaches to something, right? And, and they all need to be taken together to see the whole picture. Or the puzzle thing is really... Uh, oh, yeah. He was explaining something different. Uh, right. Um, or as an example of the, the two letters, you know, it's like, hey, you can focus on this one exclusively and this one exclusively. And, uh, but you're, you're doing that, you're missing the whole picture, right? Sure. Yeah. Without the advantage of understanding, you know, the, the teachings from both and being able to understand the concept better when you have, you know, two letters to, to look at. Um, one thing is, is linked to another thing. So, mm -hmm. like, the, you know, you're studying only, like, Galatians, for example or studying only Corinthians, for example, right? You cannot just get one topic and study that because both of them are together as, as a whole, right? right? Yeah, That's and I think you mentioned in the first session how uh, systematic theologians are dependent upon the biblical theologians and the historical theologians uh, to put together the big picture, basically. Um, so there's there's most de definitely an interaction and an intertwining, I guess, of those three spheres. Um, and I could definitely see how historical theology would rely a lot on biblical theology as well, even though it's looking at the history of the church and, and the decisions they made and everything. But how were those decisions made? Well, they relied on biblical theology. So there's a lot of interconnectivity, I think, between the three. Okay, what is the value of theology? To know Anybody? why. I understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to know why he was teaching us. Sure. Why you believe what you believe. Right? So that would be uh, part of apologetics, right? Being able to defend your faith. Give an account for your faith. Um, and he said to know God, that would be to, uh, to, I guess, to help better obey Him and, and be instructed by Him. Um, if we don't study theology, how can we do that, right? So. Yeah. So, um, anything else besides instruction and. Um, Any other value?
theology, the study of theology increases faith. Increase in faith, yeah. In conviction. Yes, definitely, yes. correction. What did you think about his statement that he was saying, let, let that be the end of the argument that we don't need doctrine? Uh, what did you think about that statement? Uh, do you know people who are like that, who, who just cringe at the even word doctrine? You know, because they think of doctrines of the church. And, you know, yeah. All right. Yeah. In fact, he wrote a book about it. <laughs> when I think about the doctrines of, of that is God is something that is not non-negotiable, you know, mm -hmm. and obviously it's not many Christians and you know Christians that stay is the clash because you don't want to follow that. As follow, right? The doctrine is just something that is non non-negotiable, so and has have like some consistency. I think a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I think a lot of people may have started to conflate doctrines of God with doctrines of church, right? Yeah. Especially when you think of the Roman Catholic Church, yeah. um, and that's why they have an aversion to it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Suffering from the chaos that all came about. Right. Something to be said. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there were a lot of arguments and debates over particular nuances of, of scripture, right? And so they had to councils had to come together and say, Hey, we need to settle this and get on the same page here. <laughs> and what she's not realizing is she is studying theology. It's not very good theology, but she's studying. <laughs> well, I guess that's the benefit, right? So the value is that we so mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I mean, we're com commanded by Scripture to uh, give a defense of our faith and, and witness. And Well, how are we supposed to do that well if we don't truly understand our own Creator that we're witnessing for? You know, is our, is our entire witness testimony just going to be believe in Jesus or go to hell, you know, and that's it. I'm done. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> you know? The danger of coming up with our own totally... Right, or I'll just start making more stuff up, yeah. I don't get feedback and, and 
criticism, or if we're not discussing this, you know, with others, what's to keep me from going astray? You know, in, in my own understanding. So, oh, it's just me in the Bible. It's like, well, <laughs> that's great, but that you know, the the problem, the 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 dangerous factor in that equation is me. <laughs> right. If I'm not, if we're not bouncing our theological ideas off of each other, you know, and I come up and say, oh, I think this means whatever, you know, and, oh, Arthur, we need to talk. <laughs> Let me refer you. Let's let's discuss this or, right. or whatever. Yeah. So and, and look what happens. I mean, we see it happen all the time. People all over the place with their weird and bogus ideas. Mm -hmm. Trying to change things that doesn't exist. And often what you find, right, if you scratch the surface and find underneath that is what he was talking about, the, the atomism. They may be an expert on this particular book of the Bible or maybe even the New Testament, but they never studied the Old Testament. They never studied these other books. And so they're, they're gaining all their uh, opinions, which is what they really are, based upon just the one area that they're an expert of. It's not the whole counsel of God. So... Right, the cherry picking. Yeah, that's that's even the, that's the most extreme example of atomism, right? When they even just take one little verse, and then form a whole, you know, view of uh, of reality based on one little verse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts on purpose and scope of theology? I guess systematic theology. <laughs> okay, well, next time, which is when? June 6th, we'll be looking at general revelation and natural theology in our third session. And... Um, We'll be digging into some of the uh, topics now. These last, these two sessions are more of an overview, I guess. So, um, again, you're more than welcome to go through it on your own, but you don't have to. But I think this will be helpful to go through this together and look and discuss. Um, Arthur, do you mind closing us in prayer?